and welcome to another episode of War Dice. I'm Gonzo. And I'm John from War Budgies. And today's episode is going to be about terrain. You know what? I actually forgot what episode we're on because we had to, we went crazy and had to do some other stuff. You know, like life. Do you remember what episode we're on? <laughs> I think we're on episode six because we did four army focuses and then the one about community. Yeah, there you go. You're, I think we're on six. You're the smart one of the group of us. <laughs> so, But we are six days out from Warfare Weekend, so both Konzo and I are completely fried. Him more so than me right now. Uh, yeah, so speaking of Warfare Weekend, if you're not coming, oh man, you're missing out this year. Um, if you're not coming, we already miss you. Yeah, I mean, we've got so much cool stuff going on. Not only do we have the free play, the championship, the Jericho Reach uh, conclusion, but we also, we've got like a ton, a ton of terrain. Um, and then of course, you know, we all painted up, so it's really cool, which is what we're going to be talking about tonight, is the terrain. But, um, you know, Privateer Press is going to be out there, and they're going to be selling uh, the Dust Starter Box, if you're mm-hmm. into war, war Machine, which will be really cool. And when we say Starter Box, it's like the Battle Group, two jacks and a caster. Um, and then, of course, we'll have tons of vendors, tons of games, you name it. Uh, a couple of other things are happening, but we can't talk about just yet, but we'll talk about them when we can. <laughs> Well, Sorry, we can talk about about an hour ago. We're recording this on Friday, and about an hour ago, the War Machine app went live. Yeah, so go check that thing out. Yeah, if if you're a War Machine player, make sure you go check it out, download it, and f- make sure that you go in there. And if you see something wrong, report it. Um, yes, there's a feedback button. There is a feedback button. Make sure you do that. It is it is necessary to get everything fixed. I mean, this is a lot of data that they have to input by hand, and so misspelling keyed problems i know that like last this week they did a preview of it and like one war beast had an armor of one and then one war beast had an armor of 51 <laughs> so it sounds like someone stole someone else's armor is what it sounds yeah. like so <laughs> there's there's some issues but you know for the most part i mean it works i wish they would have had it where we could play games on it and we could do the damage tracking um but with Warfare Weekend coming up and everybody using that, I'm sure the feedback button would get slammed like crazy. Yeah, that would be a stress test nobody wants to deal with right now. Yeah, and so. you don't want to do that at you know Warfare Weekend. Let you know just do pronounce and go with it. Because um, yes, there will be Mark IV events. I actually printed out specific terrain because hills are back, baby. What, what? Hills are back. Um, and so we'll be there. So please, if you haven't bought a ticket or if you are coming to work for a weekend, um, make sure you say hi to both of us. Find us. Um, I will be running over the entire convention. Just look for the um, guy with the spiked hair, a lot of tattoos, fat, and um, usually cargo shorts, and that's me. You do rock the cargo shorts, my man. <laughs> I have to. I can't stand pants. <laughs> <laughs> And I will be probably lounging in the hobby area or the Warcaster tables with a Judge Dread badge that says War Budgies because I'm subtle. Just a little bit. Um, but other than that, we should be having a good time. I can't wait to hang out and do some more stuff. Um, oh, you remember, what was it, when we did our AC um, discussion, I was really into that list that I built and I said I was going to buy it. Yes, your uh, two cadre list? Yeah, I bought it. You bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it. So I'm a man of my word. I bought the entire list. I cannot wait to put it together and put it up and, you know, start playing with it. But, what an uh, absolute lad. Yeah. And I, I looked at the cost and I went and said, damn, I stuck my foot in my mouth because I really like this. <laughs> but I did it's buy that pay list. Off, though, man. It's got to Oh, pay yeah. Off. Um, I should get it at Warfare Weekend. I uh, did a special order for it. So 
nice. um I'll, I'll, I'll take a picture and go what the fuck did i do yeah because <laughs> uh, i actually have a really cool paint scheme i want to do with them and it's pretty much based off of the the paint scheme that that, that they have but i just really really like it i'll be in the background of that picture looking absolutely horrified you're, you're like People were still giving me, people were still messaging me going, damn it, Gonzo, what the, do you hate people or what? And I'm like, sometimes, yeah. I don't hate people, I just want to win. No. <laughs> people were giving me, I know Chris was giving me, people were just giving me a ribbon, a good ribbon. But, all right, so let's go ahead and get to this. Um, do you have any fluff for uh, terrain? Because they always make you do fluff. Do you have any cool fluff for terrain? I don't have fluff for anything specific. I would encourage people to look through the, the Thousand Worlds book just because there's a ton of art in there that looks at worlds we haven't seen before. And there's some cool inspirational pictures there just of the kind of uh, diverse scenery and battlefields you can set up. Because for me, at least, I'm I'm a terrain addict. I love terrain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love terrain mostly because it sets up that visual scene setting, like, like a set for a movie of what's going to happen. So it's... Completely narrative impulse, but I love terrain. Well, I mean, okay, so let's think about this. I mean, a lot of us play about the different games, or, or have. This isn't our first miniature game. And, you know, if you played the fantasy one, it's like, here's a building, here's, you know, some trees, you know, here's trenches. But this is a sci-fi world, so you can go really cool with it. Not that you couldn't put those in the fantasy. You just kind of would, mm -hmm. you know, let's, you know, kind of make some cool aesthetics. And you could make up some really cool stuff that I mean, like one of the things I, I saw someone do is they took uh, styrofoam balls, shoved toothpicks in them. Yeah. And then glued them down to a template and then like painted them green with red spikes. And I'm like, there you go. Impassable terrain done. Perfect. I don't want to pass that. Yeah. There. So, I mean, you can make up, you can go wild with some of the stuff because you can go, Hey, it's alien. It's sci-fi. I can get away with this. Yeah. I'm actually I'm in the middle of filming the finale episode of Jericho Reach, and the board I have for that is a custom-built one where there's like four layers of floating rocks, animated because you want out. It's it's a sci-fi setting. <laughs> yeah, I mean you and you could do you know tons of stuff like that. The terrain doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to go out and buy terrain uh, for a lot of good sci-fi stuff. Um, I will tell you right now, styrofoam is still really really good. For making mm -hmm. terrain, especially sci-fi terrain, I don't know how many times I've like you know gotten a package for like a printer, and I pull the styrofoam and goes, oh, that's a base, yeah. oh, that's a turret, you know, and yep. you know, put a layer of Elmer's glue on it, and then you know, prime it up and paint it, type thing. Do not yep. prime. For styrofoam. those that don't know, <laughs> please, for the love of men off, do not spray paint raw styrofoam. <laughs> it melts. It's really cool. And mm -hmm. I actually saw someone a while back that they did a project where. They melted it deliberately to get an organic look out of it. Correct. But it's gnarly and it's best done outdoors. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, make sure you, if you put a layer of like Elmer's glue over it or, you know, some type of spray that'll, you know, do that, that won't eat the glue, eat the styrofoam, make sure you do that first. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you could have, I mean, you could go crazy. You could buy anything from anywhere. You could use whatever. You're not really stuck. This is one of the, I think one of the best things about having a sci-fi game. You're not stuck of, you know, medieval European settings type things. Right. It doesn't have to match anything. No. You could just say, hey, this is the planet of Jockey Locky, and everything's painted green and black and blue and purple. And <laughs> do whatever you want. 
type thing. Um, But besides that, terrain in this game, I think, is the most important I've seen in a long time for any game because Warcaster, you have to have terrain. And if you don't, it's going to be a very boring game and you're going to die quite quickly. And the marchers are going to kill you. Yes. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. You're going to show up, the marchers are going to kill you, and that, you'll be sad. There's a reason why nobody fights in open fields anymore. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of funny because going back to the, I think the very first post I ever made in the Warcaster Facebook group, I was getting ready to set up for a demo video, and I snapped a picture of the table, and I sent it to the group, and I was like, hey, uh, how's this look? And I had set it up like I would set up for 40K. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of open space. There's a few bricks here and there and all kind of stuff. And the first comment was just like, whoever is not, whoever's not the marchers is going to die. Yes. And um, that was my first education. It's like, I need to put a bunch more stuff on here. Yeah. Line of sight is stupid important. I mean, we have a lot of ranged weapons, a lot of weapons that can shoot really far, especially marchers. Um, and a lot of people can move and shoot really far. So line of sight blocking terrain is very important in this game. Yes. Beyond belief. Uh, doesn't mean that you can't have lanes of fire. You just don't want an open field with lanes of fire. Right. You want to have buildings that are tall enough, walls that are tall enough, you name it. Um, and my favorite way around that is to do a big centerpiece. Mm-hmm. Big terrain, just so it blocks all corners of the board from the opposite corner. You have to go around something. Correct. And it just looks cool. Even if it's just giant pillars, you yeah. just don't want a straight line across. Um, and it's really, really important more than anything in this to do that. Um, for anybody that's played any other games that have long-range weapons and, and like, they have the ability to, you know, what is it, like an Overwatch shot, you know, mm-hmm. I get to shoot when you move. That's like, I mean, this is what it reminds me of. You don't want to leave an open lane. You want to make yeah. sure your opponent moves to get to you, not just standstills. Yeah. So. But one of the best thing about terrain is the defensive benefit of terrain. Holy crap, yes. Um, that's the reason why whenever I talk to somebody, they're like, oh, I'm just going to walk and stand right here. I'm like, no, go back two inches and get behind that wall. <laughs> and they're like, why? Uh, because you'll get the defensive bonus of it, and your guy yes. will live. In this game, cover is king. 100%. Uh, it You have to have it. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you want to survive, you get behind cover. Yeah, especially if you're someone like a Marauder or a Sentinel who's got a, who's running a defense of like two, but stupid high armor. Well, now your defense is preposterously high and your armor is really high. Yeah, I mean, it, you just have to get behind it. I mean, because it, remind me if I'm right, uh, two mm-hmm. red die per cover? Two red die. And actually, I love the way that the cover rules are written in this game. Because cover is one of those things that I think a lot of games try to do in some sort of way. And it's really tricky to make it work in a way that's organic without being overpowered. Yeah. And I absolutely love that the way they did it here. And I mean, the, the statistics on red dies rolling, you know, two, you know, rolling one, rolling a minimum of two to four is a lot higher than, of course, on the white die. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, so, I mean, it's very important to do that. Um, I don't know how many times I've oh, walked up and sat behind a wall and then somebody shoots at me and I'm like, two red die plus whatever my defense is. And they're like, shit, I missed. I'm like, no, you hit the wall. Yeah. You didn't miss <laughs> me. You hit the wall. 
Um, so I think that's what's really, really, really important. Um, the next big thing is what a lot of people aren't used to if they've been playing Privateer Press games. And a lot of other games is Elevation. Elevation. Having the high ground is a big deal. Correct. Um, not only do you get, especially if you're on the high ground and you're shooting down, you know, shooting up at you, you get the defensive bonus, depending on, you know, the situation and where you're mm-hmm. at. But the ability to just get a sniper in a good high position is really, really nice. Yes. Um, and I think that's very important for people to understand. Um, it's really cool also to go, I'm here at a ladder, now I'm on top of this building. And mm-hmm. get to play with elevation. We don't get to do that a lot. And by the way, if you come to Warfare Weekend, we have some really cool elevation terrain. Oh, uh, yeah. I've got um, the the companies that were doing sponsorship this year gave us some really good elevation terrains. And you're going to have a blast putting these tables together. Are we allowed to say who it is? Oh, yeah. We can say who it is. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, we have we, a ton of Tinker Turf. We have a ton of Tinker Turf. We also have and a ton of Death Ray Design. Death Ray Designs, yeah. Um, for those tables. And I'm talking, so I have a team that puts together terrain and paints terrain. Um, it's uh, Erica and Mizzy. They do a lot of stuff. You know, they're one of my locals. And I put together all the terrain and primed it, and they painted it. Except for the Tinker star- Turf stuff, they put together like 90% of the Tinker Turf stuff. Nice. And they gave us a crap ton of terrain. <laughs> um, we may not have to have a need for terrain next year. You know, unless we get bigger, which we hope we do. Always. Uh, we always hope so that tell your friends. War Machine or, you know, uh, Warcaster gets bigger. So, um, but we got a lot of that terrain and they got a lot of good elevation to it. And I like that because that's what's needed. Um, there's something about playing on a map and walking. Yeah, sure. You can walk on the ground, but when you can put a model on top of something and shoot down at somebody, you're like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And it's cinematic as anything. Like I have almost, I have. I'll call it an unhealthy compulsion because I've broken a couple of models doing this of trying to perch a martial world's hunter, like the little sniper unit, trying mm-hmm. to perch them on the highest little spot I can. Cause it looks cool. You get great view and he's running like, I think defense four or something with two red dice. Yeah. It's a great spot to be in, but I keep knocking the models off. <laughs> so there is that. Yeah, there is that. I mean, one of the things that people got to understand that, yeah, you are going to be playing on some models that can go on pretty high distances, but you know, you can knock them off, especially with jacks that get up in a distance. If you have a sniping type Jack <laughs> and you put it up there, you know, you got to be careful or you're going to break something. Yeah. I did a, a battle port recently and there were two, there's a bit of elevation and there's this fairly flimsy MDF bridge across the gap. And I ended up with three war jacks on top of it. And you can see the bridge bending in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just, I was, every time I turned the camera off, I was like, oh, please don't, please don't fall and just dump everything down. Please don't break. Um, but I mean, there's, the, there's something about doing stuff like that that makes it a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and just moving around. And you have, and of course, you know, you have certain jacks and troops and vehicles that ignore that terrain. So you have to be careful because, you know, not only weapons that can ignore it, movement that can ignore it, um, some things, you know, like can attack through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's important to know what can and can't because you're like, oh, well, this jack can shoot through terrains and doesn't have to, you know, doesn't care about line of sight uh, and can shoot through it. So terrain doesn't matter. 
yeah. to them. But you got to know that, and your opponent's got to be aware of that quickly. Yes, if, if you are playing against the Eternus Continuum, be advised, most of those squads can just walk through walls. Yeah, they don't care. It's spooky, it's very cool, but you need to be ready for yeah. it. You're like, what'd you just do? We walked around, walked through the building. How'd you do that? We're ghostly. We're ghosts. <laughs> um, but I think one of the funniest thing is, so I always reference this when people talk about cool things you can do with terrain uh, with Warcaster, is uh, at Adepticon this year, I was playing a game, and um, I had the card that um, lets you drag things off and, you know, you're actually pulling them into, you know, whatever. Havoc Spiral, yeah. Yeah. And I have spiraled a... We actually had to call Travis over because we're like, hey, we want to make sure we're doing the rules right on this because it <laughs> wasn't brought up. And he was like, you know what? I haven't seen that. Let's see what it is. So I had a jack. Or my opponent had his jack. And it was probably like a little over a foot and a half high in the air. Oh, good Lord. And, you know, I was like, I'm going to have spiraled him. And he's like... So we're like, how does this work? Does he get to the edge and drop? Because there was a wall in front of me uh, in, yeah. in, the, in, in the way. And he was like, well, let me look. So we pause the clock and we're, you know, we're waiting and such. And um, it, it, he goes, well, it says you drag at the distance and then you fall. So I go, okay, I'm going to drag at the distance and drop it. right." So, the, of course, the jack got dr drug in the air and dropped right in front of me. And, of course, it didn't land on the wall. Of course. Um, so, you know, and of course it took damage from falling, but, um, we brought it up and I was like, that's actually a very good tactics because you can't stand on the wall. Mm -hmm. So you would just, you know, get behind some barriers, drag them through the air as far as you could and then drop them. But he would still be on the other side of the wall. So he couldn't hit you or do whatever. Right. Um, but that's something people have to think about when you're putting things up top. If they have Havoc Spiral, um, be careful. Or anybody has an ability that has a drag gun. Uh, same yeah. thing, because you the, will uh, take fall damage. The Imperial Sentinel that I have, I like to call him the yo-yo build. <laughs> because he's got his knockback cannon on his back, but on his arm he's got the Gravitonic Lash. So if he hits someone, he can just do that Havoc Spiral thing for free, just yank him towards him. Yeah, and his Meta Perceptor makes it like range 8. So my favorite thing to do with him is pop him on top of a building, grab units, uh, you hit him, yank him up, and then just let go. Because you're at the edge of the, of the ledge. Yep. So they pull to you. There's nowhere to put them, so they simply drop six to eight inches. Because uh, that's one of the things, um, that's the reason why I would build the AC, because all of them have the gun that knock, you know, knock people off. So I'm like, oh, please get really high up in the air. Please. <laughs> let me shoot oh, you off the Oh, slams are fun. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and you got the slams too because you, you fall from that. Um, but so the terrain that we've got when we're going to be setting it up this weekend, um, there's an interesting thing that a lot of games don't have. I think uh, Infinity has it, uh, but not nobody uses it as much. Is when you're playing, if there is a gap between buildings, go for it. If you yes. think you can jump, go for it. Um. You don't have to always have a bridge gapping everything. Um, use, make, you know, and I don't want to say make people use those rules, but make people learn how to use those rules. Um, because that's very unique to this game. Um, like I said, the ability to leap over, now if you fail, you do fall, 
But that's really cool, and it's a kind of a surprise to your opponent because not a lot of people are used to it yet. Right. Um, I mean, if you're got a melee guy and you're there's this little gap you need to jump over, and the other guy's like, "Ah, you can't get to me," and you just jump over there and then beat the shit out of them, they're kind of like, "Well, shit." <laughs> Good times were had by everybody. Yes. So um, for those who may not be familiar, the way Warcaster works, you you move horizontally essentially across the open gap. And then you just check at the end of your move to see where you're standing. Correct. And if you're now standing on the opposite building, you're fine. Yeah. If you're um, over open air, you drop. Yeah. And that's the reason why I was like, that could lead to some really cool, you know, chase tactics or, you know, fighting tactics of stand where they can't land. Yeah. So they can't, you know, be right there. So they fall or, you know, prevent that from happening. Um, but there is too much in the way of terrain to make an open board. It affects the game too much. Um, you'll be kind of ticked off when there's not enough terrain because you're just like, oh, I'm just going to shoot you from halfway across the board. Yeah. Um, but the tables need to be pretty dense, in my opinion. So what do you yes. think? How much percentage do you think of the table should be terrain? I would say it depends on the occasion. I tend to oversaturate mine because I'm doing like narrative battle reports and I mm -hmm. want it to look scenic. So I, I typically oversaturate with terrain. But I've honestly found the more terrain I include, the more dynamic the battlefield gets. Oh, yeah. 100%. The, the problem I've had with some of, some of the demo games you do like on the spot where you're just teaching the mechanics is it just turns into a tennis match. It's like, okay, you shoot, then you shoot, then you shoot, and there's nothing interesting about it. Yeah, but every piece of terrain you add in has now changed one one unit's path to the next one in your line of sight shooting and who has cover and who doesn't. So everything, every piece of terrain you can put onto the board, I'm sure there's somewhere there's like a practical maximum, but I don't know what it is. I would love to do like a cyberpunk board that's completely nothing but terrain. Yeah, do like a cityscape, you know, like a Coruscant type terrain. <laughs> exactly. I would go nuts for that. So I don't, I don't know that there's a a ceiling for it, but I don't care. Yeah. More like, I mean, better. you don't, so there's a lot of pieces of terrain that have really tall, you know, buildings that you can climb or whatever. And you don't have to be like that. I think like, uh, so there's a piece of terrain that you're going to have or a table that is a ruined, rusted city. I think it's by death ray design. And it's nice. a lot of small squat buildings but it's a ton of those. So you could have like alleyways and, you know, things blocking and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to be very tall. I mean, you could stack like one building on top of the other, but that was a, that would be about it. Um, yeah. But you could, you know, cut off lanes of fire by having a lot of terrain and having them bunched together. And you're mm -hmm. not, you know, enough so a jack can get through or just enough for a troop to get through. And see, things like that I think are interesting. Like, have an alleyway where a 30 mil base will fit, but a 50 won't. Correct. And every time you do that, you're you're sort of changing the dynamics of how the game works and just in a really intuitive way. Yeah, because if you think about it, if you have a, if it's just wide enough for a troop model, you got to put them in a Congo line. Uh -huh. And then you got to be worried that a spray attack's going to come. Spray attacks, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know, if it's not big enough for a Jack, then you got to look at your opponent and go, does he have any Jacks that can fly? Yes. Ascension catalyst is one of my favorite cards for this reason. You yes. can put Jacks almost anywhere you want to. Yep. 
Um, so there could be, especially like an objective gets in between like a small building, two small buildings, mm-hmm. um, or something that you just got to stick and hold. Um, that's a very good tactical advantage. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, sure. The troops are, you know, within, you know, a Congo line technically, but if your opponent doesn't have sprays and you know, you put two troops on or around that flag where it's, you know, one and a half to, you know, you know, one, one model wide, you can kind of set up a good defensive tactics on that. Yeah. No kidding. So, I mean, that's, that's something to think about when you're building, um, you know, your table. It, it's, it's okay to have a lot of terrain because you have the tools to get around it. Uh, not only do you have cards, you have flight models, um, and you have ladders. You can always put ladders on your terrain mm-hmm. um, so you can climb up and into it. Um, so, I, actually, since we're on the subject of ladders... A uh, somewhat controversial War Buddies house rule <laughs> that I, I mentioned a lot because I do a lot of terrain with like modular stuff and uh, and rocks and card containers and stuff. I don't have a whole lot of ladders. Okay. So one of the standing house rules for War Buddies is everything's a ladder. Gotcha. If you stop at the edge of the card container, spend two inches, now you're on top of it. And I use that for all the terrain. And I don't know... Hop in the comments, guys. Let me know what you think about it, if I'm a, if that's a terrible idea. But it simplifies so much of trying to figure out how to get on top of terrain. Yeah. I mean, house rules, do whatever the hell you want. Nobody cares. You're having fun. Um, when it comes to tournaments, you have to have a set, you know, standard of, you know, whatever. If you have a YouTube channel, people care, trust me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to just go, hey, I'm house ruling this because it's cool. Yeah, exactly. The rule of cool is into effect. Uh, but if you're going, you know, if you're, if you go to a tournament, you have to say this is a ladder, this is not a ladder, so on and so forth. That's just part of how it has to go. Right. Um, but making ladders is quite easy. Mm-hmm. You got popsicle sticks, you've got ladders. Um, balsa wood, you've got ladders. And you could make it just a simple bendy straw because you could take bendy straws, bend them over clip them to the height of the building, paint them, you know, silver and go, that's a ladder. See what you do is you grab a hold of it and the gravitational pull of the mechanical device on there sucks you up to it. Done. (laughs) It's a ladder. You just got to make sure whoever's playing on the table that they know that that's a ladder. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, that's a ladder doesn't have to go all the way up to the top. You could just say, here's a ladder. Because uh, there are some of the buildings that we have from Death Ray Design. I think one of them is like almost two foot tall. Beautiful. Uh, but the ladder only goes up like a few inches or whatever, something, you know. So it, it, it you go, that's a ladder. And it goes all the way to the top um, type thing. So, which is cool. The, the table with that big building is kind of like a cyber city, you know, a cyberpunk type city. Mm. And all the terrain fits inside of the big building beautiful so you can pack up the entire terrain in the box that's the big building and take it with you (laughs) (laughs) it was a pretty cool little idea that they did but um but the one thing we were really to talk about is even though we have all these buildings and we can do everything scatter terrain is stupid important in this game yeah which go and tell what what do you think what do you think is scatter terrain so 
we're talking about scour train what i usually mean is pieces that aren't big enough to be standing on for the most part uh in my videos i used a lot of uh crates mm -hmm. and piles of rubble and things of that nature that it's not going to change the game in the sense of like here's a container you can hide behind or get on top of but it usually gives you cover and it may slow you down as rough terrain correct I mean, those are things from trash cans to tires to barriers, you name it. Scatter terrain is very important because they can also break up the line of fire in open fields. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you always want to try to run to cover, so you go from cover to cover. Um, and those little barriers can help out. Um, and they're quick and easy made. Um, you know, if, if you're going to make them, just, you know, you could take styrofoam and cut it into a square. You know, or a, you know, a rectangle on its side. Yep. Uh, but you ha you need to have cover terrain because it provides those little spots where you can stand without getting shot up that, you know, a building can't fit in. Right. Um, one of the things we have, uh, I took a picture of it and posted it on uh, the Warcaster page, was one of the, it's like four towers. The, the entire table is four towers, two like helipad type things. And uh, a bunch of walkways, but they give you a crap ton of barriers and walls to put up. So they break up the ground part uh, mm. instead of having, you know, you can be all on the top stuff, but walking underneath, it's just a bunch of towers. And so they gave you a bunch of scattered terrain walls to put everywhere and you, you know, you're solid. I mean, yeah. it, it breaks up enough. Most fighting is probably going to be done up on the buildings, but if you're underneath, you can use that stuff to, you know, break up the train. Yep. It's also super helpful because the Warcaster, at least, rough terrain tends to slow you down a lot. And given the limited number of activations, like, having to cross that terrain can be a major tactical choice. Correct. And, you know, we, we keep on talking about city terrain and stuff like that. You can still have a natural forest, you know sci-fi out in the wilderness terrain oh, yeah. um, it's still done you don't have to have you know all urban terrain like i said you can make you know giant styrofoam balls with toothpicks in them and make that impassable or you know an, an alien world an inhabited an alien world it's still a good terrain feature it doesn't have to be urban right um, so there's a, a lot of the episodes of jericho reach you have noticed are set in the jungle usually the ones involving the marchers. And I'll go and give you guys a pro tip because I get comments occasion emails are like, hey, that terrain's really cool. Like, great work on that. That terrain is from PetSmart. <laughs> yep. It is aquarium terrain. And you can occasionally go in there and they'll have like a buy one, get one half off. I want to get one free, whatever. I'll just go in there, pick up a couple of trees or a couple of rocks. And it's perfect. There's yep. no prep whatsoever except for washing the thing, cutting the tag off. Yep. It works a treat. Yeah. There, and that's the thing is that... Uh... Be careful because some of that aquarium training is can be expensive. Oh, yeah. Um, but you can find that stuff, especially if you go to, like, garage sales and mm -hmm. people are selling that stuff. Um, make urban, you know, don't just make all urban maps. Make, you know, because I don't know how many times I've, I mean, I've played so many games of Warcaster, but I've never played with a lot of trees or a lot of rocks or, a, you know, and a, you know, a binome that is natural. Yeah. Um, which is still possible. You can do it, just everybody likes to play, you know, the urban because, hey, it's Warcaster. <laughs> it's sort of what people think of by default, I think, when they, they think sci-fi skirmish. Yes. 
and goes like, oh, you're fighting over a city. It's like, you can, but you can fight over anything you want. I really want to, for season three, Jericho Reach, just to throw out a spoiler, there's going to be some weird battlefields out there. Yeah. And I want to do a couple that are literally on the water. Nice. I mean, you could do, um, you could do ruined landscapes. Mm-hmm. And so just make a bunch of ruined buildings. Um provide some little bit of height to them and stuff so you can break up because you're the object of the game of the terrain is to provide good defensive and offensive abilities but without ruining the game um yes you don't want to have it where you can't move anywhere but you always want to make sure it's a tactical advantage and disadvantage to your opponent especially you know choosing sides or you know anything else you want to make sure that when you place it it's it's not just placed just because it's placed. You want it to be functional and you want it to be either a hindrance to your opponent or a bonus to you depending on where you're at. So uh, side note on that, I'm, I'm jumping on a quick tangent. So when you set up for games, how do you do train setup? Do you do it with one player sets them up? Or do you guys go back and forth? How do you, how do you handle that? Uh, if it's there? just me and my friend, I usually have the table set up before we even get started. Um, but I usually, so if I, if I'm at my house or, you know, we're at a game store, I usually like to put one decent sized line of sign, line of sight blocking terrain in the middle. Right. Just, and, and, and that right there helps cut off a lot of things. And then I try to put, um, a minimum of four more pieces of terrain, one in each quadrant. Good. Um, that way there's another thing there. Um, and then I try to, if I have, um, you know, ladders or I have uh, planks or something for people to walk on. I try to connect some stuff, uh, but I definitely put a ton of um, scattered terrain that people can hide behind. But usually, if I were to say it, one decent size in the middle or like two decent, two smaller, two midsize mm-hmm. uh, in the middle. So there's not, you know, just something big. And then a decent size is each quadrant. And then... Um, move it around and figure out whether there's big holes and gaps with scattered terrain or smaller buildings. Nice. So really it's, it's really roughly like five decent sized pieces and then smaller pieces scattered throughout. Gotcha. Um, Cause you, and something we always got to think about when we're talking about falling models, you got to also make sure that you can put your measuring sticks and be able to, you know, move it and stuff. So if your opponent is trying to measure underneath a building or underneath a walkway, help them out. I mean, yes, <laughs> it's annoying to be like, all right, I'm going to lay the stick down and I got to reach over there and you've got, you know, you've got to, you know, it's like you're playing a twister trying to get your model where it needs to be because <laughs> you're, you're weaving your arm around and up and in and, you know, to, to get where it needs to go. Yeah. Just like, yeah, Left here you go. War Jack. That's yeah. how it goes. But I mean, just you're, you're playing a game just help them out yeah uh type thing but um like i said i really think warcaster terrain needs to be very dense in terrain uh, not only because you don't want to get killed by the marchers in the first round um but you want to be able to have some good eye appealing games yes. which i will tell you right now that's one of the things that some people are like they're like i want to play a game that looks good and fun to play yeah, that's where I'm at 100%. Yeah. Um, and it's also, like I said, it's always fun to play on terrain-dense games that are functional. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to also say, like, okay, this terrain here, you know, you can't stand on this. 
because you literally can't stand on it. You know, it, it's completely <laughs> impassable terrain. Um, yeah. But going to like a tournament, something that you need to do when you get there is before you put tables down, before you look at lists, before you do anything, you look at your opponent and goes, let's talk about this table. What can we climb on? What can we not climb on? What yep. is this? Is this a barrier? Is this, no, someone left their freaking Dr. Pepper on the table, you know. <laughs> that counts as cover. That counts as cover, you know, whatever. But, I mean, go over your table terrain because, like, oh, what is this big styrofoam ball? Uh, I'm going to say it's impassable. I agree. Let's make it impassable. Yeah. Like, and just having that short conversation saves you so much heartache in the moment when you're trying to do something cool and your opponent's like, uh, you, you can't pass that. You're like, well, I thought I could. Well, yeah. You need to talk about terrain. And that's always good to do, even with even if you're friends. But, I mean, it's very important at a tournament go and, and look at the table and go, all right, I can see that this is impassable. You agree? And if you don't agree, just call a judge over. Mm -hmm. Judge, what is this? It's a boulder. You can't move past it. You can't move through it. Unless, yep, you have the ability, unless you have the ability in your AC and you can move past it. <laughs> unless you're AC and you don't care about walls, yeah. You're like, you don't give a damn. Uh, but I think that's very important also that people need to realize that they need to do. Um, you know what? I think that almost covers every bit of it. Can you think of any other cool things you can think about terrain? Not much. There there were a couple of terrain questions that popped up in the Discord chat today, actually. Okay. But I think we covered most of them. Okay. The one that I thought was interesting I want to get your thoughts on was, uh, does terrain tend to benefit one army or play style over another? Mm. And I have thoughts on this, but before I go into my rant, let me run it by you. I think not having terrain, of course, you know, benefits like marchers. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, AC gets to ignore it. So it's, it's really up to the player. And it's also up to the play style. Because I know a lot of people that like to play very little ranged in Warcaster. They would rather have mm -hmm. a bunch of melee fighting. Which can be an issue, but um, you got to make sure and be prepared for that. So, marchers and AC can ignore some terrain. Um, I should say, marchers, if you have open fields, is beneficial yeah. to them. AC get to ignore certain terrain features. Mm -hmm. um, of course, all flying units get to do that, so uh, for the most purpose. Um, so I think it just depends. I mean, I know, like, ISA, my primary, and, you know, I have to play around the terrain. Yeah. Uh, I can't, I don't have enough flyers, I don't have anything to do that, so I have to play around the terrain. And we do have some fun tricks, like the Harbinger Cannon ignores line of sight and cover. Correct. There's some, yeah. but it's not like AC that just like, hey, my entire army just walks through all the walls, <laughs> and surprise, motherfucker, you know, type yeah. thing. Um. But I think it really depends. Yeah, if you're playing against an AC player, don't count on that building saving you. Right. And I kind of like that because it, it gives them that spooky kind of a ghost feel. Yeah. But in general, like if there's a bunch of terrain, if you're a shooty army, you're going to have a hard time drawing line of sight to anyone. But if you're a melee army, you now have to charge this maze to get where you're going. Yes. So I kind of look at, I don't think there's any particular play style that it benefits. It's just, it's kind of an equalizer almost. Correct. And that's also like, that's why reason why it's important. Once you figure out what everything is, you stop and you go, okay, now to roll for sides and go first type thing. Um, shit, I need to go first because I'm purely mostly melee mm -hmm. and I have to get in position before he sets up and shoots me off the board. Exactly. 
Or you're like, oh, I'm a shooting army. Maybe I want to go first so I can set up and set lanes of fire because he's going to be melee and I can set up and get, you know, where I need to be. So and terrain should make you make that choice. Terrain should always make you make a choice of whether you want to go first or second based on the terrain. Um, there are too many games like I'm going to go first because my armor is really fast and I can get up the board and the terrain doesn't matter to me. Yeah, that that's actually a really good way to put it. Like it's it's almost like the terrain is the third army Correct. on the board. So I mean, it's got to you got to have it. You got yeah. If, you if gotta the terrain it. is not making you think about whether going first or second or sides, I should mm. say, if the terrain isn't making you think about sides, then you need to think about how the terrain is set up and change the terrain. Yeah. Like it, it should make you think about how you're setting up, how you're advancing, what order your activations are. Like the terrain should change literally how you play the game. Correct. Uh, if, if I had to sum up our whole show today, that would probably be it. Yeah. So, other than that, I think we got it covered. If you're coming to Warfare Weekend, come and check out um, the terrain. I've uh, set up a few of the tables anyway already to just check out, and they look real cool. Um, a lot of the cool little stuff. We'll take tons of pictures. I'm sure uh, Jonathan will make, and you know, he's going to be recording stuff and looking at things and talking about, of course, the Jericho Reach. Which, um, did the entire Jericho Reach stuff finish? I can't remember. Uh, the finale. So we're recording this on Friday the 28th. The finale is going up on Sunday the 30th, like the big season finale. Gotcha. So we'll have some information. Yeah. And then if you haven't signed up for the Lawgiver event, we've got six out of the 12 spots. So happy to run with whoever shows up, but there are still spots available if you want to come settle the fate of the Lawgiver flagship. I say wins. I say wins. Yeah, I say wins. That's just how it is. I'm, I'm a little scared about this. Because <laughs> I had this idea. I was like, oh, we still got the ship. I should let the players do that. And every every single person I've talked to, they're like, hey, what would you do if you won? They've all been horrible. <laughs> like oh it's self-destruct i'll ram it into a plane i'll send it off in deep space like what is wrong with you guys this is a cool ship <laughs> i'd keep it for myself and go around the galaxy delivering donuts to the hungry children See, there you go <laughs> so uh guys we appreciate you listening i know this is a little bit shorter episode than we're used to um but uh we've got a lot of planning to do we got a lot of stuff to talk about um next episode we do of course will be after warfare weekend in about two weeks um, and we're going to do a recap of Warfare Weekend stuff. Actually, he'll do a recap of a lot of the Warfare Weekend stuff of Warcaster. Um, mm -hmm. And we're going to start breaking down the scenarios because he's going to talk about the scenarios that he has put on the table, see how they work, and then we're going to discuss those. I'm going to break up scenarios in probably two to three episodes um, because there's a lot of them, and uh, there's some good discussions. So yeah. the next episode is going to be a Warfare Weekend recap. Uh, discussion on the scenarios that he placed and then from there we're going to work on some more scenarios and discussion of tactics on them yep give me good times all right you got anything else you want to say i got nothing we know isa is best that's already been said i don't know ac may be coming in to kick their ass <laughs> <laughs> guys we appreciate it uh make sure you check us out on all of our facebooks all of our social medias um go check out war budgie more than dice all that good stuff um from One of the Dice, I'm Gonzo. And I'm John from War Budgies. Let's play that cool music again. <laughs>